Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 439. His eyes touched me. All the deep, feral instincts that had kept me alive on the streets of Tarbine told me to run, hide, do anything so long as it took me far away from this man. Ah, Dagon, the mayor said cheerily. Are you well this fine day? Yes, your grace. He stood attentively, not quite meeting the mayor's eyes. Would you be good enough to arrest Codicus for treason? There was a half-breath pause. Yes, your grace. Eight men should be sufficient, providing they're not likely to panic in a complicated situation. Yes, your grace. I began to sense subtle differences in Dagon's responses. Alive, Alvaron responded, as if answering a question. But you needn't be gentle. Yes, your grace. With that, Dagon turned to leave. I spoke up quickly. Your grace, if he's truly an arcanist, you ought to take certain precautions. I regretted the word ought as soon as I had said it. Ought was presumptuous. I should have said, you may wish to consider taking certain precautions. Alvaron seemed to take no notice of my misstep. Yes, of course. Set a thief to catch a thief. Dagon, before you settle him downstairs, bind him hand and foot with good iron chains. Pure iron, mind you. Gag and blindfold him. He thought for a brief moment, tapping his lips with a finger. And cut off his thumbs. Yes, your grace. Alvron looked at me. Do you think that should be sufficient? I fought down a wave of nausea and forced myself not to wring my hands in my lap. I didn't know which I found more unsettling, the cheerful tone with which Alvaron delivered the commands, or the flat, emotionless one with which Dagon accepted them. A full arcanist was nothing to trifle with, but I found the thought of crippling the man's hands more horrifying than killing him outright. Dagon left, and after the door closed, Stapes shuddered. Good lord, Rand. He's like cold water down the back of my neck. I wish you'd get rid of him. The mayor laughed. So someone else could have him? No, Stapes. I want him right here. My mad dog on a short leash. Stapes frowned, but before he could make anything more of it, his eyes were drawn through the doorway into the sitting room. Oh, there's another one. He walked to the cage and returned with another dead flit, holding its tiny body tenderly as he carried it out of the chambers. I know you needed to test the medicine on something, he said from the other room, but it's a little rough on the poor little Calanthus. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. Also hands. There's hands on this page. They're not quotes, but he's worried about them. Also quotes. What what do you mean also quotes? Oh, he wants to wring his hands, but he doesn't. Yes. But also the thumbs. He worries about the thumbs. Yeah. And I think that that makes him think about his own hands, right? Like that's why he finds that so particularly unpleasant because he's imagining, man, if this had gone a different way, the mayor would have cut off my thumbs and then I'd never be able to play a yeah. lute again. I wonder if Quoth feels bad at all because really like, sure, you should be careful because arcanists have lots of 
fancy abilities, I guess, but I wonder if he feels bad for depriving another arcanist of the use of their hands. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this whole page is about is a microcosm of Quoth saying something without thinking about it and then witnessing the drastic, horrific consequences happen in real time. Yeah. <laughs> and him going, oh, that's not what I meant to happen at all. I didn't think about that at all. Right? I think he was just going to say, like, you know, be careful, like, make sure that you, like, tie his hands up or something. You know, like, make sure that you don't let him, like, get a, get his hands on anybody's blood. But what's funny is, like, the mayor's precautions, like, are going to work, but, like, not for the right reasons, right? Like, he doesn't, you know, putting him in pure iron and a pure iron chain isn't going to do anything. That's just, like, superstitious nonsense. But cutting off his thumbs is going to work because that would work on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> also on this page... Calanthus. Is that what the the flits are? Yeah. Oh. So this is the subject of tomorrow's page, is that Stapes calls them Calanthus, which is also the name of the king's family, which is Roderick Calanthus. Oh. Interesting. I truly love the way the mayor is characterized on this page, and it shows us a very different side of him in this like casual way that he's like, he's made up his mind, Codicus is the bad guy. And now that he is sure that Codicus is the bad guy, almost like as an afterthought deciding what should be done with him, because of course he's not actually going to have to capture the guy or cut off his thumbs. He has people to do that for him. But this is a very much an example, like the mayor's word is law and he has people who will do absolutely brutal and horrifying things for him just because he tells them to. Uh, and he has no problem with ordering people to do brutal, horrifying things if he thinks it's warranted. And in this case, he does. And uh, I love that for him. Are we to take Dagon's reaction as a clue that he's in on it? Which is certainly how I take it. But I guess there's deniability. It's just that Quoth notices him reacting. but That he has like a half a heartbeat of pause. There's the half a heartbeat of pause. Then he says, I noticed subtle changes in, in Dagon's reactions. You know, like, is that to say that Dagon is going, oh, they're on to us. Oh, I have to go figure out how to, you know, maintain my position here while also covering my tracks because I'm in, I don't know. That's sort of the vibe I get that these reactions are Dagon being, you know, not exactly a fantastic actor, but both not knowing him well enough to understand what he's saying what his tells are. I can see why you read it that way. I personally don't. I think that his half a heartbeat of pause is him computing the the kind of surprising information because Codicus has been at the mayor's court for like 12 years. And now out of the blue, the mayor wants him like arrested. That I think would give anybody pause. So I think that's him like doing a little like mental calibration, putting Codicus from the friend's column into the enemy's column. I think that his subtle differences and responses, that's just a stage direction to let us, the audience know that he's, he's kind of like, I am grooting when he, when he says, yes, your grace, like he means different things every time he's, every time he says it. I mean, I can't deny that you cut, you can read it the way that Nick is reading it as him thinking fast. And he actually must be a pretty good actor because the mayor doesn't pick up on it. Although I guess you could also argue that the mayor is riding high on being healthy and knowing who's making him sick. Uh, and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I guess the other data point to the idea that Dagon is in on it with Codicus is that Codicus gets away from them. Ooh. And given that Dagon is clearly the mayor's enforcer 
it kind of seems like Dagon would be professional enough that he would not let Codicus give him the slip. But on the other hand, if Codicus is an arcanist, he probably has secret ways out of the Citadel that Dagon wouldn't necessarily know about or be able to circumvent. Also, something I want to remind us about is that it's not totally clear that Quoth ever sent him rings. Uh, and he was a little addled when he picked up the rings that Codicus offered him. So it's possible that Codicus has planted rings on him for some purpose. Maybe it's a bug. Um, and he is like listening in and this is how he knows the jig is up and how he gets away. Uh, the only other thing I want to point out before we can move on from the Dagon story is that I feel like Dagon will be back. I feel like we haven't seen the last of Dagon, not the least because a bunch of stuff, apparently action sequences with him happen off screen and he is apparently maimed, but because he makes such an impression on Quoth and on the reader that for a character who does very little else in the book, uh, he, he seems, you know, he has a very memorable name. He now has a very memorable scar on his face. I, I feel like if this was just like some thug, he wouldn't bear such, such conversation. And he's also a uh, a candidate for a Chandrian, I think, or at least some kind of supernatural being because of Quoth's and Stapes' visceral reaction to him. Yeah. Like the kind of thing that, you know, like, obviously he might just be like a creepy guy. Yeah, they, they could just be viscerally reacting to him being like a stone-cold psychopath. Doesn't necessarily make him a supernatural monster. Although, like, I think his name might be a clue that he's a supernatural monster. <laughs> yeah, that's also, <laughs> that's a bit of a, uh, you know, if you've read any, um, any, like, monster story, any monster fantasy in the last little while, you've probably encountered the name Dagon somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm done for notes. I, I have one more thing that I want to point out, which is, like, it's kind of an interesting little thing that Quoth, Quoth, says to the mayor like you ought to do something and then he goes oh geez i shouldn't have said ought he's gonna think i'm giving him orders he's gonna be mad at me and the mayor doesn't notice that he says it and doesn't seem to care because high on and healthy yeah well and also like i think he has like he has transferred his absolute fury from quoth to codicus right like as nick was saying on a previous page like he is you know, he's no longer mad at Quoth. He's friends again with Quoth because Quoth, Quoth was right and Codicus was bad. And now he's just mad at Codicus and he likes Quoth again. Yeah. And it might also be that he only stands on ceremony when it's an excuse to be mad, to, to make him react. Right. Like when he needs to react in a certain way, he might uh, use ceremony and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Politeness, I guess, convention as a, a way to enforce that. Mm. Yes, that's possible. This letter is from Patrick Notrothus, who writes on page 407, Purses and Codicus. Hi, pagers. On this page, Quoth gets some money from the mayor and nearly laughs out loud about the joke he made to the tailor in Tarbine. Jordana thinks the joke does not make sense because he did not have a purse at the time. A purse is actually all he has at the time. This is just after he pawns his copy of Rhetoric and Logic and has a bath at the inn. He wanders off with only his purse and a towel, to find some clothes. I have been thinking about writing in for a while about your take on Codicus. Your main idea seems to be that he is not poisoning the mare on purpose, not a real arcanist, not a good arcanist, or working for someone else. Quoth actually addresses the first two in a chapter or two. You may actually get to that part before you read this letter. 
Quo thinks the lead may be a mistake if Codicus is not a real arcanist. To test this, he asks to touch Codicus Gilder. Touching the Gilder that was not made for you will make your arm numb. Codicus could not wear one that was not his own. The only way to get a Gilder is to work your way through the Arcanum at the university. Considering this, I do not think it's likely that Codicus is a fake Arcanist or poisoning the mare accidentally. Quoth says that the poison is explicitly not alchemical, so considering that Quoth is good at chemistry, he would not mistake lead in its reactions with other chemicals. I do think it's likely that Codicus is working for some other group, probably the Emir or the Chandrian recruited him, and he sought the position as court Arcanist at their orders. He has been poisoning the mare slowly over a dozen years to keep him under control and could kill him off at any point without it being too suspicious. Thanks, as always, signed Patrick, not Rothfuss. Thanks for writing in, Patrick. Well, those are all salient points. Yeah, I mean, I feel like where I've landed on the subject of Codicus is that, as usual, the simplest explanation is the most likely explanation, and he actually is poisoning the mare for malicious reasons and gets caught out at it. Um, but I think that the only issue I want to raise with the stuff that you brought up, which a lot of which we have kind of talked about in various forms is that I think that you could still wear another Arcanist Gilder and it would be unpleasant, but you could train yourself to get used to it. And if Codicus is the kind of sly fraudster who could worm his way into the mirror's court by pretending to be an Arcanist, then he's also probably the kind of guy who would be willing to put up with a little bit of discomfort to make that con happen. Well, even beyond that, though, he could know someone who is an arcanist who has the ability to make a gilder. Like, once you know how to make a gilder, you could make it for someone else. It's just you're not supposed to. So someone could, theoretically, make a gilder for Codicus. Exactly. I agree with Jordana. I think that it's meant to be too unpleasant to wear for any amount of time if you're not attuned to it. But I think that a simpler solution is that there may be a bustling trade in... Uh, illegitimate university goods. You know, we definitely know at least one person, Devi, who's capable of making it and I'm sure would make it. So there's like, you know, I think there's a couple reasonable solutions for Codicus. I'm inclined to think that he is a legitimate arcanist uh, and he is behaving maliciously at the orders of somebody else. But uh, we don't know yet. We'll see. All right. Well, I guess that's, that's that on that. That's that on that. And we'll have some more of that on another that on another page. Uh, the that.